Hello, my fine friends. Welcome to Rahalastapa 2021. I've just got a feeling that everything's going to be okay this year. That's just my feeling. Um, lockdown three, the quickening. Uh, this week we are talking to Alexis Sale. We did this one just before Christmas. Uh, tried to speculate how Brexit would affect the UK. Uh, I predicted a bomb site looking out the window. It's looking okay. I was wrong. I misjudged it. Well done, Boris. You're doing a great job. Um, hope you're enjoying these podcasts. If you're watching or listening to this on the 6th or 7th of January 2021, good news. You can get the Emergency Questions 1001 conversation starters for every occasion on Kindle or ebook for just 99p. There's over a thousand questions in here. There's some bonus ones in this edition. Uh, and that will keep you going all the way through lockdown, however long it may be. You can ask them to friends, you can ask them to family, you can ask them to yourself whilst playing snooker against yourself, whatever you like. Uh, my Twitch channel will continue through lockdown, twitch.tv slash rkherring. Monday's snooker, Wednesdays we record the Hellestabuzz usually, Thursday we do Twitch of fun usually. Lots of puppet-based fun and japes and sketches and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and we may add a few more things to the roster as we're going through. There's occasional live stone clearing. We were playing video games and all sorts of stuff. You never know, doing film commentaries. They may come back for lockdown. We shall see, my fine friend. Um, please support us if you can, if you can't afford to, which is understandable at this difficult time. Then um, just listening to the podcast with ads or just telling your friends the reason we keep it free is so that you can all enjoy it if you have any spare money 99p that would help or become a monthly badger go fasterstrike.com slash badges you know how it works let's crack on and welcome the very special guest second time of asking the rahalastapa with the wonderful alex e say l Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man who's accidentally drinking peanut, pecan, maple and vanilla milk stout. Cheers, it's Richard Herring. Hello everyone, uh, I just grabbed a beer out of the fridge, I thought it was a beer, but you know with this uh, delivery beer system that uh, we sometimes have advertising our podcast, uh, they're all fancy cans and uh, this one's called Fairy Tale of Beer of Brew York. And I thought that's going to be a nice Christmassy drink. And it's a crazy stout that I will nurse throughout this podcast. Welcome, anyway, to Richard Herring's Let's Start 2021 podcast. Um, thank God 2020 is over. But let's face it, 2021, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, it's, we're still in 2020 as we speak. There's still a week for terrible things to go wrong. Um, let's face it, 2021 is definitely going to be worse than 2020, so I don't know why we're glad to leave it behind. Uh, but I was uh, hanging around with everyone in Tier 4 uh, today. I'm very proud that I've been up to Tier 4. I've been t Tier 3 for a while. I didn't even know there was a Tier 4, but I've been uh, promoted up there to Executive Class Tier 4. There's a few other people in with me. Um, they call it Rallistopa, all those guys, the ones that are able to speak. Um uh, it's a very exciting time because we are. Uh, I'm recording on the 23rd of December, and as I record, we still do not know what is going to happen with Brexit, which is what eight days away. So uh, you'll be listening to this, and you will know if you're at home listening to the podcast, you will know what's happening. Uh, but we do not know what's happening. I might try and see if my guest can guess when he comes on. Uh, all I know is that we're currently living on a plague island. Um, that's what all the foreign newspapers uh, are saying about us. Oh, that's ah, oh, I, I put it. That's hadn't loaded up the pictures right. I'll put that back. I've just put up a picture of a, a deep fried penis, to, which probably is that. Actually, that's quite apt for Brexit. I'll leave it up. Uh, and uh, all we had to do to stop immigrants was uh, infect ourselves with plague. It turns out. So we've been through all this palaver for nothing. If we'd just given each other plague. It would have been cheaper. It would have been less self-destructive. Many of us would have died, but at least we'd have died pure and British with no no immigrants would have wanted to come. Um, we got the super spreading virus. Now that's the new thing that's just come in. Um, and uh, I, 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 it, we've got no deal Brexit possibly coming up. We, we've got our own super version of the virus. It feels like God doesn't really like the UK. I don't want to be one of those Americans who says... God's punishing us, but 
it feels like God's punishing us for something. And the problem with being from the UK and being English in particular is it's very difficult to pin down what that thing might be. It could be anything, couldn't it? It could be a myriad of things. Maybe it's just everything. God's gone. Fuck it. We've had enough. Uh, let's let's really fuck them up. Well, I, look, I hope you've enjoyed 2020, at least what's been going out online. Um, I've had quite a nice time and it's been quite creative. I've, uh, I feel it's gone all right. We have produced a lot of content for you here on this channel, including a deep fried penis, a picture of a deep fried penis behind me right now. Uh, if you feel you've enjoyed that uh, and are uh, happy to have had it for free but have some spare money, why not consider becoming a monthly badger? Go com slash badges. Uh, it's £3 a month. You can pay more if you want, and you get access to backstage interviews and all sorts of stuff uh, and stand-up shows, loads of extras. But more importantly, that money gets channeled back in, and I'm hoping in 2021 we can start making some of the more adventurous and ambitious projects and doing sketches that we're filming outside for my stupid puppet show and who knows what will be so support us if you can but if you can't afford to then you're welcome to listen and if you don't want to you're welcome to listen or watch for free uh maybe tell your friends about all this stuff that'd be nice or just keep it yourself like you always have anyway i'm very delighted to welcome back a guest um who we asked had on i can't believe six and a half years ago nearly seven years ago who was on this podcast uh, he is probably best known as the heckler, it's a political heckler in the crowd in Walcott. That is why we're all here tonight to to see him. Will you please welcome the amazing king of comedy, Alexi Sale. Here he is. Hello, Alexi. Hi, Richard. Doing? Hi. It's lovely. Thanks so much for doing this. Are so close to Christmas. <laughs> yeah. When you, I know you're busy in department stores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah. nice for you to give up your time. Yeah. It's a have you ever done? Have you ever played Santa or anything? I did. Um, yeah, I did a, a charity photo shoot for kids' company. Remember them? Um, it's kind of ended in ignominy. Uh, I, I did a. I did a. Yeah, I dressed up as Santa. Yeah. Well, of course, there's a there's a bit um, there's a bit. Um, you, you can swear on this, can't you? It's the yeah, internet. you can yeah. say anything you like. Well, there's a bit I used to do, I did in Edinburgh in 2017, about I was walking through King's Cross fairly late at night and a woman called me a Santa Claus-faced motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, uh, yeah, kind of went. And, then, and also a couple of African guys walking towards me. Excuse me, yeah, but they suddenly started going, Santa, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so well, maybe this. I think the. I think you're a bit. I mean, there's got to be a great drama of like a very angry Santa Claus. I mean, Santa Claus must be angry. So uh, I think, I think, yeah. Well, I, as you, I used to, it was you know my my parents always were very keen to take me to see Santa at Lewis's department store, and you know and they were communists. But I always thought it was because they thought that Santa was a lot like Stalin. <laughs> you know, they both had red uniforms, and they they they. Were, they're, 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 they they kind of generated their wealth from a system of slave labour, you know. Both. Of them. So <laughs> I thought that they were the kind of well, northern it autocrats. It is communism. It, ideally, you know, Christmas should be communism, but unfortunately, the rich kids get better presents for some reason yeah, from Santa. But yeah. he does give to all the children. So, in a way, he's the first communist, maybe. Uh, yeah. How, how, how far can we push this? <laughs> so what do you remember about Walcott? Walcott was well, your was, first well, TV she, job, I think. Yeah. Um it's I mean I think that was it was very very early on and it was still I think I was still at the comedy store and um there was a casting director she's dead I can't remember her name but she she cast it was just, Walcott was this detective thing where the unbelievable kind of twist in it was that Walcott himself was was black Right. And there was a scene in a market, I think it was Ridley Road Market, and um Keith Allen was also in it. And he was a he was a fascist making a speech and I, I heckled him. And it was just the first time I'd ever done any telly really. So I, I um I uh I I um you know I found it really thrilling. And also Keith being a very sort of he's so much more interested in people. I remember at one point he'd be he'd, somehow he was in some house. And he said, Lex, Lex, come in here. They've got a goose. I can remember. Which is very kind of Keith Allen. Anyway, so. Was it a yeah, living so it was, goose or a dead goose? I thought it was a living goose. I think it was a pet wow. goose, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I remember a lot about Walcott. It seemed, because I think it was the first telly that I ever did, it seemed amazing and, 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 and magical and, you know. Yeah. 
Well, we all remember you from it. I, I don't actually I remember don't. that series, but no. you know, no. If I'd known you were in it, I would have watched it. That's the irony. But <laughs> there we go. Um, but uh, look, you've let's talk about this because you've you know you're on my podcast six and a half years ago, and I can't believe that how much time has passed how that quickly because it doesn't feel like that long. But uh, you've now got into it's just six years later. You've decided to get, get yeah. into your own <laughs> into the world of yeah. online entertainment, which I presume is down to. 2020 generally you've had quite a roller coaster in that you started 2020 on tour yeah um yeah and there and was then, two thirds of the way through the tour when it oh you two thirds yeah 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 when it uh it got cancelled so what was that like what was because you were doing was liverpool your last yeah you doing five, I did nights, five in nights in liverpool yeah and then you got uh, them all done did you did you get all the gigs yeah yeah the, the, they finished on the saturday and then we drove home overnight and then uh I mean, I don't and know. In some that... ways, it's like I've never—it's nothing pleases me more than cancelling a gig. I mean, it was—it <laughs> was a—it was a very, you know. I don't. I mean, I think that's a quite a strong strain in comedians that they're always—you can cancel a gig on legitimate grounds. You always will, really. So, but I mean, uh, the, I think we were supposed to be doing Sheffield, and then the promoter in the end actually pulled it, and then that—that—that that, that was the f- the first week, you know, when he said when. Johnson said, "Don't go to theatres." And then, um, then, then lockdown came, and I, I also had coronavirus out of myself. I yeah, years, so I, I was okay for that first week when we got back, and then I just, yeah. you know, fell off a cliff for about a week. I was very ill. So you lost your sense of smell and sense taste of, and everything. Has that come back? Because the last mm. time I heard you talking about it, said no. It's come back about kind of fifty percent, I think. But really, not, God. Uh, not, uh, no, not not at all. Completely no. no. Right. So that I mean, again, a lot of people is obviously. Thank goodness you're okay, and mm. <laughs> it's yeah. as some people didn't get through it. But um, that's the kind of side of it that people aren't really concentrating on, is it? I'm, one of my friends has been ill practically the whole of the year, basically. Really, it's not. Yeah, he was in hospital for a bit, but at home he's just unable to. I think he's a bit better now, but he was just for months unable to do anything. Mm. You know, and it's it's sort of very weird the way it affects people differently. But then. Is the prognosis that your taste and smell will come back? I, don't, I mean, I've never, a... you know, I've never consulted anybody about, and nobody knows. Basically, I mean, I think that um, generally it does. I mean, it, it, it's come back. It came back like twenty five percent and then fifty percent, but it's kind of stalled uh, since then. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I, I guess it'll come. I guess it'll come back at some point, but maybe it won't. I don't know. <laughs> so I hope it does. the The tour was your first stand-up show for a little while was it your first tour yeah tour show for i was thinking i think that's seven years yeah i never i've never quite believed my, my own pr whether that's true <laughs> i make stuff so was it were you, were you enjoying the tour or was it kind of like because it's not you know it is nice to get gigs cancelled that's not your not your problem i had a couple cancelled because of the weather last year ah, so you kind of go yeah so it's all right. right yeah 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 it was um it was amazing it was an amazing show and i it 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 perfectly I mean, the Brian Logan in the Guardian, basically, you know, he sort of voted it kind of best and one of the best standards yeah, so that's, this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, and he was right, really, and it perfectly and brilliantly summed up kind of late, you know, December twenty nineteen, you know, January February twenty twenty. I mean, if if you if you if you really wanted to capture the essence of that period, then you could have seen my show, and you would go, "This is amazing." This man has bottled the feeling of a of an era of the kind of post Corbyn, you know, kind of twenty twenties, and this, you know, this what could come along that could possibly make this irrelevant. Um, what, what, what conceivable world changing event could happen that make this completely fucking pointless? All this work, all this, you know, all this fucking workshopping material. Yeah, you know, so yeah, that will never. But it did it. It did it. It, it beautifully captured um, uh, January. It's, very, it's, a, it's such an unusual thing to happen. Obviously, like, and it must be annoying to be two thirds of the way through. You're probably just getting to the point where you're getting into sort of profit on a tour. You, yeah. You're in profit, but you know, the last third is <laughs> where you make your money. Basically. Yeah, so. I mean, and it was also, I think, I mean, I'd sort of. I'd, I kind of had an idea that I wanted to play kind of mediums. I was so you like I played five nights in Liverpool in a five hundred season, but I think given the response to the tour, 
uh, I would have gone out this autumn and probably played the bigger rooms, played the south. I would have, because there's large parts of the country that I also, I didn't, uh, because I was doing multiple nights, I, you know, getting on a bit, so I couldn't face. So it was like a 30-day tour, but it didn't, it was, we didn't go to Wales, we didn't go to the northeast, we didn't go to Scotland. And so I think I, what we would have done in the autumn was we, we'd have played the big, you know, the 2,000 seaters. I would have done a tour. Right. And now they would have sold out, I think, you know. And it, yeah, oh, well, that's all good. That was, well, hopefully you'll be able to do it. I mean, is it something you, you know, as I get older, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm less inclined to go and see, you know, do even, it's usually 50 dates or something I would do. It feels less exciting as an idea and more more irritating. But you seem to have kind of got back into stand up and got the bit between your teeth and yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. It. I mean, I don't think I would do. I mean, I can't. I mean, I would do a maximum of about thirty dates. I think on a tour, hopefully, you know, large. You know, so I, I, enough people would come and see me really in large venues. But yeah, I mean, I can't. The, the sort of the driving and all that's the bit I can't. You know, on the last tour, we got we you know we got the train most of the, most of the places and stuff. Stayed overnight, you know, rather than those kind of late night drives back to London. So. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was going. It was going really well. And the the, the show. You know, the, yeah, the the show had really cohered in a way that it was. It was my favourite. Um, you know, stand up. I think you know, I'd done like Edinburgh in twenty seventeen. That was good, but there was bits of it that I didn't. I wasn't completely happy with. But this, I'd learned from that, and um, you know, I'd 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 found a way to really do. You know, I think it was something very special, really. In there. Yeah. Well, as you say, top ten shows of the Guardian. Mm. That's helped a bit by. All the other shows being cancelled, Alexi. Yeah. But it's still. It's That's still... A first, I did think. Yeah, I did think that. I thought, yeah, this is a kind of because, yeah, what's he going to choose from? There's been fuck all, really. I don't know where I would have been. What he would have said if, yeah, you know, all the, all the, all the. Stuff, well, often yeah. people forget. You know, the thing is, he saw you in February, you'd have or March or uh, January or February, whatever he saw you. You March. know, people for, come to the end of the year and they they. They forget. Yeah. They forget the stuff they seem to So it's good. It's good to do that. Basically, so was his the comedy move... year ended in March. So. <laughs> yeah. so was the move into podcasts as a result of? Was it entirely a result of of not having any live work, or was it something you'd sort of been planning uh, to do I'd anyway? Been, I mean, I've been toying with the idea for years, um, but never really um, got really found a way to do it. I think, and I, and also it is, you know. I've struggled with the idea, you know, I mean, my, you know, working pattern was that I, you know, I did something, it was broadcast by a channel which gave it authority and they paid me a lot of money to do it. And so this kind of podcast where you're fighting with every other, you know, influencers fucking giving fucking makeup demonstrate you know you there's no authority you have no authority also you pay the first time i had a meeting with i honestly didn't know a few years ago i had a meeting with some people who want you know was talking about a podcast and i was like i pay you i pay for the i pay for i pay money to give my shit away what's where's the sense in that really so it's taken me a long time to accommodate myself to um to that really uh, I, yeah, I don't know whether it would be happening, but I, I mean, I think I've been slowly coming around to it. Uh, sure. So yeah, and also, but it was meeting um, Talal, uh, who, who does everything for me, really. Talal Karkuti, who is a comedian himself yeah. and a podcaster, and uh, he uh, he was really he was the one who made it all possible for me. I think it really suits you. I see. I you know, I've been doing it obviously for twelve years, yeah. uh, and I've never paid to do it. I didn't get paid for a long time. Yeah, uh, I am now. I am now. You know, making I, I could make a living from just podcasting now. I think so. It's kind of interesting that that's happened. But it, what appealed to me, which I always thought, you know, I always thought you'd be good for this, and it, I think it's proving that you are, even though it's quite early days for your podcast. Uh, but it's very good. It's just that you know, it's you're in control of it all. So you know, you you are owning the means of production. Yeah. You're producing <laughs> what you want to do. It feels to me. I know it has changed, and I know it has become a lot more. Uh, commercialized and people bringing in the big names and, and trying to make lots of money from it. But if you want, if you're, if you're just doing what you want to do and your podcast, I think, you know, almost by your own admission, it's, it's, it's quite political. At least a couple of the episodes are, and you kind of almost want to put people off listening to it because you're trying out new material. Yeah. So yeah. A, a lot of people are going to get turned up. Well, not a lot of people, but some people, maybe not many Alexi Sale fans to be fair, to be fair but because the, the political nature of it is, yeah, uh, you know, it's yeah, fairly avert. Accident, I think. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I've loved uh, what I've done so far, the, the three or four, whatever it is that I've done so far, I've absolutely loved. And there's also this other thing that we do, which is these bike rides as well, mm. which... Uh, I really love them. I think they're really, really nice. Yeah. Well, the, the bike where I do one is great. That's on YouTube. If you just look for Alexi's uh, channel, uh, just Google Alexi Sale, you'll find both of these things very easily. Uh, and uh, it's very relaxing. The bike I do a I do a podcast where I clear stones off a field or walk oh, around really? a field and clear stones <laughs> okay, off it. So, yeah. and, and people use it to go to sleep to it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's its main function. But it, it's very relaxing. But also, you're very. It's a. It's beautifully filmed. The filming works well. So there's a camera on you and a camera on where you're going. So we get to see a bit of London, but you're also just chatting away. And what you're good at, and uh, there is one of your episodes of your podcast where you're interviewing people, but you're just basically talking to yourself and, and soliloquizing, and you're very good at that. That's that's a hard thing to do, I think. In as your uh, first yeah, go as I guess, podcast. yeah, yeah. It came very, it did come very um, yeah. easily and naturally to me. So yeah, it's, it's. I mean, there's been no. Yeah, there's no pressure. You know, I, I like that there's no pressure and stuff. And yeah, and the the bike rides. I mean, I think they are lovely. They are really yeah. meditative, and um, you know, I'm very I'm very pleased with them. We did one uh, yesterday, the day before, and um, again, I think it's yeah. I think though, you know, also it's. I mean, the production values are very high. I think, especially for YouTube, well, and yeah. it's um, that's to you know, but it almost that's, that's a TV. You know, if the if uh, Bob Mortimer and can go fishing, yeah, I think it's a TV show of you cycling around and just having a chat with yourself, yeah, 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 it's, it's kind of beautiful. It's, it's and you try, you know, you cycle slowly. It's not like you don't wear a helmet, do you? you wear a <laughs> no, hat, no. Is that, that yeah, I usually to, wear a hat, yeah, 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 just to protect you if you come off. Yeah, uh, you're going pretty slowly. I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can go faster. Yeah, but um, well, you're a very patient uh, bike rider. If it was me, I'd be. A lot of it would be. Much, there was a there was a bit where people were walking in the cycle lane. And you just went round them quite politely. Yeah. I'd have been shouting. At, I'd have been shouting at them. Well, interestingly enough, I talk about that on this um, uh, on this uh, on this bike ride that we did yesterday uh, on Tuesday. Um, that uh, there's a, there's a podcast I really like. There's only three of them, I think, which is called. Ogmios Zen Taxi Driver, which okay. is this guy, this battle rapper driving around sort of mostly Stoke Newington and Green Lanes and stuff, but in a very Zen way. And he, yeah. and it, 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 I mean, it's very funny, but it's also, um, you know, I think that it, it that it, 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 there, there is a way to, I try, I've, I have myself been trying to drive and cycle in a, in a, in a, in a considerate and sort of zen way the last few years because I think it, because I was a, I was a shouter and a hooter and a honker and, um, uh, and yeah, I mean, particularly being aggressive with people when I'm on a bike, which is like fucking stupid when you think about how, you know, arguing with a, with a 40 ton lorry when you're on a, <laughs> when you're on a, when you're on a lilac bike and, um, uh so i i i uh, i have um tried to to ride in a more considerate way and it's 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 actually it's a it's 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 very good for you i think to do that yeah i think it well you know but then it's very good to watch it's calming to watch but also because i'm presuming you haven't really thought that much ahead you drive Not the first all, one no, you drive no. past uh Boris Johnson's old house, and you have some anecdotes yeah. about that and about him. And it's just things occur to you as you're going, you know, drive down by the canal, which is lovely to watch. And yeah. Interesting to see all the people you're part. I mean, I worry you're going to, it's a bit like Google Maps, where the, the, the people who get caught up in your in your camera might be up to something that yeah. they shouldn't be doing. And, and you might reveal what they're doing. Yes, but... I, I don't know what the. Yeah, I guess the, I, I guess you have to. I mean, it would be. I think it would be impossible to. <clears throat> it must be very difficult for people to have affairs these days. You basically would basically have to because you are. Yeah, there is some. Yeah, you're going to get caught up in somebody's. Yeah, podcast, aren't you? Really, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 virtually impossible to remain. Yeah. Hidden, I think these days. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I sometimes a bit. I would. I think that. <clears throat> you know, I don't. I'm not somebody who particularly wants to put my life. I mean, I'm more. I'm more accommodated with it now than I used to be. But um, I'm still not somebody who has that compulsion to share their life with with the world, really. And so I don't know. I don't know. If to it'd be interesting to see how long. You know, I don't want to kind of tell every story I've got, you know, do every anecdote. And so it'd be quite interesting to see how long 
um, I can keep doing like the bike rides. I, you know? I sort of feel it works on every level, though. I think you know it would be just enjoyable watching you cycle around, not talking. Yeah, <laughs> the talking's an extra level, yeah, but it's yeah, sort of yeah. just it's sort of fascinating just to see you know a place. It doesn't have to be obviously you're in London, so it's London, but it could be anywhere. You could take this anywhere you wanted. You could go around the world with it, and it's quite a pleasant way to do it. Yeah, well, that's what we're travel. thinking really. When the yeah. you know when the world eases a bit, that we'll yeah. go to like Liverpool and Hastings and and places and, it's and just, do. It, it's just interesting how the technology is that good that you can stick a camera, two cameras on a bike and it can come out that well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's lovely. Very well produced, as is your podcast. I did enjoy the one. I mean, I've enjoyed all of them. And the, as always, it's challenging stuff and interesting stuff. And um, if you're a fan of Keir Starmer, you might not want to tune in. <laughs> Maybe you will. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of any of them. Uh, I don't mind him as much as you mind him, yeah. but uh, I find it it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I think as long as comedians are being funny about p- politicians, which you always are, I think with you, you've always had a sense of, uh, you've always mocked yourself as well yeah. as, uh, so like it's not, I think when, a, when comedy, when politics gets into comedy, sometimes it can be all right, but you know, you know, have a word with yourself, but you obviously feel very strongly about your own views. Uh, but uh, you're always prepared. You've always been prepared to mock yourself. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think people get more right wing as they get older. And I mean, there was nowhere, there was no further left for you to go really when you started out. Was there? So, so I don't, I don't think you have got more right wing. But uh, but there was a very the, the lovely podcast, which I hope you'll do more stuff like this as well, where you talk to David Renwick. And Andrew Marshall, yeah. <laughs> and I love the fact you got his name wrong every single time you said it, and and I love the fact that he corrected you because yeah. I would have called him David Rennick. Um, yeah, uh, but you worked with him for a long time, so I yeah, don't know I've known been, him for. 40 I don't know if that's years. been bubbling under for thirty Pro- years. So he just went, "It's Renwick, it's Renwick, Alexi." Um, but you talked about what's apocalypse, but also all the stuff you guys, the three of you, did together, which is a, a sort of. I mean, it's not a forgotten. Um, uh, conglomeration of people but because you've worked with so many people i've kind of forgotten that you'd had so much to do with david renwick and andrew marshall who obviously have gone on to great success mm. as you have uh independently mm. um but talking about whoops apocalypse which was a series and a, and a movie and uh and the sketch show you did with those guys mm-hmm. as well yeah um so it's very it's, it's it's if you're interested in those shows it's well worth listening to. That yeah movie. well and again that is one of the you know liberating things about podcasts you can just yeah you know it doesn't if yeah, you know, you can, you can. The first two are intensely political about the kind of minutiae left wing politics, and then the, the next ones are kind of, you know, comedy fans edition. And yeah. you know, I don't know whether, yeah, you know, people who are interested in 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 the in the you know former will listen to the, you know, but it doesn't matter, does it? Really? I mean, you pick and choose. Yeah, I think it's, but also people like you know, you're trying out material. There's some funny stuff I discovered. Uh, that you into, which I should have known maybe before, that you're into Chinese martial arts. Yeah, I was just aware I was of. doing a class just before this. Well, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. and I love the bit where you, <laughs> you have a go at the things that people inevitably say to you as a result of that, which I won't. <laughs> I was I was very tempted to pretend I hadn't listened and just do it to you. But, uh, <laughs> see, see how you reacted. But, but, you know, so you're finding comedy out of those, yeah. those little things. When, yeah. when did you get into Chinese martial arts? How long well, I've, been, I've done martial arts over the years uh, on and off. Uh, but always before I've had a, uh, I've had a, like a personal, you know, I've had a choose, you know, teacher really. So you where, where you you um, you progress faster, but it's not, you know, you miss out on the group experience. But in I talk about this in my stand-up show. But in twenty late twenty fifteen, I had a severe autoimmune condition. Well, I have I have this condition called light complaints. Basically, my my brain kind of exploded in tw- late twenty fifteen. And I lost my balance and my kind of my sight, and um, and it took a while to come back. And so I, um, a friend of mine was did Tai Chi Kung Fu, and I'd been to a few classes before of the kind of the fighting style. But I said to her, um, you know, do you do kind of Tai Chi, you know, in in your um, in your group? And she said, yeah. And so I signed on really. But it was the fir- it was also the first time, in, you know, where I'd I'd been with a group of people. And I just, it was just a transformative experience, you know, that I, to, you know, to be in a class and to be the worst in the class, you know, by far and the oldest, um, you know, is, is, but I feel it's tremendous affection really for everybody in the group. And um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's just a profound, you know, it's just, 
you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's been really amazing for me. So it's a meditative thing as much as anything, but it's obviously a, a self, you can pr- presume. Yeah, it's, a, it's um, yeah, well, I mean, you know, you get a lot of, I mean, Tai Chi is often kind of denatured in, in, um, in, in the West particularly. So if you can do like what they call Yang style short form, you know, in a village hall and not realize that it is a, it is a martial art, but in fact, even though you're doing, you know, this like this gesture, you know, it looks, it's, you can do it as a kind of exercise, but it's also about getting under somebody's chill and pulling their head off, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, and these are kind of, you know, poking people's eyes out and stuff. So it is both a kind of movement in meditation, but it's also about really seriously fucking people up. Um, and is it about control? Because, you know, you've had, you've had, if you read your biogs and even on your own uh, page, you talk about, you know, losing, moving on from places because you tried to strangle someone or you've been in a fight with someone. Yeah. And so is this, an, is this, an, an, is that kind of, was there an, an element of you that was genuinely angry when you were younger that you're, you're managing to control or do you think you always had it under control? I think, yeah, I think a lot of that was, you know, the people I was fighting with were tough. You know? I mean, no. it wasn't like, <laughs> I don't think I was ever really, a, you know, a, a, you know, a, a, a genuine hard case or I, I, no, I don't, I was never really, um, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, I don't, it was just, I don't think it was, I was particularly no. angry. You're really. an intimidate, you know, the act is yeah, an exactly, intimidating yeah, act and, yeah. you know, a confident act. And, you know, you would imagine, and like when you when you were you know introducing people at the comedy store, and then if they were bad, and we talked about that last time, they were you would just say how shit they were, yeah. <laughs> how shit they were uh, afterwards, which is great in a lot of ways, but that must have riled a lot of people up. You know? I imagine so. It was a, yeah, in yeah, retrospect, never. I think it was a t- tremendously cruel, you know. But it was, <laughs> but it was you know it was what it was the spirit of the times partly, and sure. it was it was, it was it was what made the show work really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I do have, you know, there is that kind of, de- you know, I mean, I think when I got in front of an audience, I was uh, fearless, really. So, um, you know, it was a kind of demonic possession, really, that I would do. Yeah, yeah. I would have the strength of 10. Because you're very, ballerinas. you are, in in reality, you uh, you know, I obviously didn't know you back in the 80s, but I've, I've met you a few times and, and heard you talking on other things. And you're, you're a very sensitive and thoughtful, educated man. Um, and uh, it's you know, must do, are people in a Tai Chi class? Are people going, Is that Alexi Sale? Do they do they know who you are? Uh, and are they kind of freaked out? Or do they, I, I don't think I, 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 I mean, most of them are, are foreign of one kind or another, really. Right. So they don't, uh, they don't really. And then a lot of them are, are young, so they also, I don't really impinge. I don't, I, I never. I mean, I, I think one of the things that had probably stopped me doing stuff before was that idea, you know, people can't see Alexi Sale failing to do golden cockerel stands on one leg, you know. I mean, um, then it's kind of like I sort of, all that stuff fell away somehow and I didn't care about being ridiculous or incompetent, you know. And it's, it's I mean, it's partly, I suppose, about ageing maybe, but sure. all that all that kind of ego uh, disappeared really. So I don't know what they think. I don't I think they nobody it's not it's also not you know you're you know you're very much a i mean i'm very much i mean i can't i mean i'm very much a junior in that in that setup you know i mean i'm still i mean i suppose i'm i mean i've been doing it for four and a half years so i'm what you know fairly senior now in a way but i'm still not there's everybody nearly everybody is better than me in the class or everybody really is better than me so. at the end of the t- session just sort of fight out see who's the toughest and who could you know, so you've got the <laughs> no we don't no we no. don't well especially not you can't spar or anything at the moment you know it's all it's all forbidden <laughs> oh dear good well <laughs> it's, it's it's all pretty interesting um uh and we'll, we'll move on from the podcast but I think, you know, what strikes me within the podcast is that, you know, I, I mean, I, I I try to remain uh, like open minded about everything and take the piss out, well, to take the piss out of everyone. But with the left, it sort of feels that your ire, you know, your ire is more at Keir Starmer than it is at Boris Johnson. Yeah. And well, do you not think that that's would... the problem with the left? I mean, you talk about that idea of the, um, there's a very funny anecdote you tell about in one of them about Tony Benn going to a meeting 
on the day of 9-11 yeah. and they spend an hour discussing the, the, the pamphlets they've got coming out and they don't discuss Antonio again. Should we talk about yeah, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. And, and do you think that's the problem with the left, that they're more interested in fighting each other? Because it's, you know, it's gone one way or the other, hasn't it? It's either either people were furious that on the left, if we're talking Labour and, uh, and the communism to, to an extent, I suppose, people were either furious with, Jeremy Corbyn because they thought that he was never going to win, or they're furious with Keir Starmer, and you know, and it, those two—it's so divided. I think you talk about um, they should. I mean, I think they probably should divide. Oh, but, God, but will yeah. we ever win? Will the left ever win if we're more interested in fighting each other than we are in fighting? Well, yeah, I mean, I would, you know, I would, I would challenge the contention really that Keir Starmer is on is in any way on the left. I mean, I think okay. that he's. Uh, you know he's acting very much in, in in the interests of you know the the you know what they call in Spain el poder you know the power um, I, I think and whether it, uh, so uh, but yeah it's obviously fissipariousness you know the, the 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 kind of splitting off of the left is a is is a is a perennial problem really I mean I always like the story there was I remember when I was like a teenager in Liverpool it was. In, in Birkenhead, there was five syndicalists, which is a kind of form of anarchism, you know, and they were all poor and they got money together to go, like, in a van to a conference in London. And on the way, they had a split. <laughs> <laughs> Three of them went one way and two went, you know, and, like, only two of them went to the conference in the end and the, other, the others formed a faction that was called, you know, the syndicalists of Birkenhead, you know, rather than Birkenhead syndicalists. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that is a that, – I mean, it, it, it is – uh that is a problem on the left and i don't know <coughs> it's something that's always been a staple of my work so it's um you know it's always stuff i've gone on about it is and i don't know what you do about it really but it is um i mean i think for me the five years have been revelatory really that i always knew and it's it, i mean in a way it's been artistically it's been very good for me and it's also helped me very much identify a, 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 an audience, I think. But sure. I, um, you know, the kind of rise of Corbyn and then the campaign of vilification, the lies that came at him, you know, from every kind of, you know, I mean, absolutely untrue, absolute lies, absolute distortions of truth that, um, you know, came out that it. I found it truly shocking how much, and whether it's always been the case or whether this is something new, but how much of um, uh, you know, how to what extent the the game is rigged, really. That uh, you know, and it it comes at you not only from the people that you think are your enemies, but sometimes people who you thought were kind of allies and stuff. And it's just been. It, it is so wrong the the way that, that Corbyn was treated, the sneering attitude of the media, and then the lies that were told about him. That um, I, I find it, I, I found it shocking, really. But and it's but it's also caused me to try and you know re-engage in politics, really, and to try and find a way, uh, a way, a way through. And I don't know what the. I mean, one of the problems is, you know, I mean, I think I talk about this a bit that the. <clears throat> that you know, because people on the left are, are the kind of reverse of, of what is the kind of media was the media representation. So they are the good people. They're the kind people. They often they generally often work in the caring services. You know, doctors, nurses, teachers. You know, social workers, all that stuff. And they are profoundly good, really. And this is, um, <laughs> which is kind of a problem, really, because they behave. They believe in the decency. I think partly of. Yeah. Of people, which is a fucking profound mistake to make to think that human beings are essentially decent, you know. Is yeah. and so they they're constantly shocked when somebody, you know, like they you know they thought they believed Starmer when he said he was going to be the unity candidate and he was going to be con continuity Corbynism. He was fucking lying through his lying tiny little teeth, but um, he. <laughs> They kind of voted for him, and like then they're like, oh, ooh, I didn't think that had happened, you know. And it's, so it's, I, 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 I have no, you know, the, the the left is tremendously flawed, partly because, <clears throat> precisely because of their decency. Um, that and I don't know how you, but I hate losing, really, and so I, yeah, don't, well, I, but that's, I just think they're never. 
there's being right. And I think, you know, you are, for my money, you're right about a lot of things. Um, but being correct <laughs> isn't any use if you spend your whole life not having any power to do no, it. No, I th- guess. No, but it's, I mean, I think that, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, but it's like, at the moment, if you're left wing, if you basically, you know, somebody opposed the war in Iraq and all that shit, then you've got no representation. At least if you had a party, <coughs> so if you had a party that, you know, had represented your views, at least you'd have that, you'd have that. Rather than the stinking fucking corrupt cesspit that is the fucking Labour Party. Uh, that's what I mean. So you're so angry with the Labour Party, but the Conservative Party <laughs> is a lot worse. And because because Labour, the, the left and the communists and the left wing um, are all fighting, the Conservatives could just get on and they're going, you know, anything is left wing compared to the way the Tory party yeah. going at the moment. Well, so, you know, personally, I would just prefer anything. Maybe, I suppose so. Although the great black American socialist W.E.B. Dubois, when somebody said about um, voting for the lesser of two evils, he said there aren't two evils. There's one evil. It's got two parties. And so I sort of kind of think that more, really, that, you know, Starmer and fucking Gordon Brown, who now seems to be his BFF, um, what's the fucking I think you know. I think the thing is that the actual all the things we're worried about at the moment aren't in the long run are not going to be as important as the environment. And I think the yeah. environmental issues are going to actually throw the world into such chaos that yeah. all of this will be irrelevant. I think there probably is a massive cataclysmic event coming. In which case, I think that that's the, the that's our moment. The possibility really. that's, of, that's what well, I'm it's hanging the possibility on of people for, yeah. who care about the world. I think you know yeah. if you care about the world and want the world to still be here, then and you the kind of blatant capitalism has to yeah, or that fall. kind of what Starmer's offering, which is a kind of managerial, which is to manage capitalism a little bit better. You know, that's not going to fucking work either. No, I think, but it's true. A, a Mad Max dystopia is really our is our best bet. Really. <laughs> I, uh, um, yeah. But you know, it's lovely to hear it discussed on a podcast. And whether you agree with it or not, I hope people will listen because I think it's. And I don't agree with you about everything. I have to say, but, right. but I, but but you know, what would the world be if we did? But um, you know, it's great to hear that that being discussed openly without. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that is the yeah, problem. We, they, yeah. th- a lot of those ideas don't even get through to people's no, no, conscious anymore, and they can get through to people, and then they can go, "I don't think that's going to work." Absolutely, and it's <laughs> but not. It's, but yeah. it's hard. No. It's hard to even hear them. So there we go. Yeah. But let's talk uh, in our remaining time. Let's talk about. I mean, looking through your your career as a whole, it's very interesting. I think once you get to probably a certain point beyond sort of sixty, and you can look back at the whole spread of someone's career and, and what they've done. But you, what you, and Michael Palin was my first guest I had in 2020 and you're practically my last guest of 2020. And very similarly, you've both kind of achieved so much in so many different disciplines over all that time, because you've been a, an author and you've been a film star, you've been a stand up, you've been a, a TV actor, you've been into politics and you've kind of done well at all these different things do you look back at your career and think this is because i this is I've, I've done an amazing i've had an amazing life i hope there's still another 20 or 30 years to go <laughs> of work alexi but no. if there's not would you do you look back <laughs> at it and do you look back and think this is amazing or do you still do you feel so i sort of sense you feel that sort of that this rug got pulled out from under your feet a little bit maybe and well it's it's complicated isn't it it's yeah. uh, i mean to navigate as 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 you know, really, to navigate a, a career in show business and to sort of remain in it and to not fall down, you know, one of those holes that are, yeah. are waiting for you is really difficult. I think to not and to not collapse into, you know, kind of just doing the same thing over and over again because it worked for you in the eighties, or um, you know, you know, or yeah, going becoming right wing and doing. You know the Royal Variety Show and getting a, a you know, a, 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 an MBE or some shit like that, and hanging around with. I don't know. Why is it? There's a picture of Chris Evans for some reason on this. Are you putting that up, or is it? It's another Chris. Is it, it's called, that's on my screen. Oh, it's a, a different a, Chris a, Evans. Oh, right. It's not that. I, I, yeah, I've it's got, not that. Um, yeah, I thought. It's all right. Thought, don't. Yeah, I'm blind. I thought you. Were don't worry about him. him. He's just um, lurking there. 
<laughs> but I mean, that you know, just that kind of you know, um, that just becoming another, um, cele- you know, just falling down that celebrity kind of hole, you know, to navigate a way through that and to find a way artistically to, you know, to, 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 um, find new, th- you know, find a way to, to, to remain original, I think is a, immensely difficult challenge i think that most people don't make it really um sure uh and but so, then you have made it i think don't you I mean i think that's what's yeah even you know you moved it to towards more maybe more novel books and novels for a little while yeah. but which is still a very interesting and very difficult thing to, to achieve what you've achieved in uh and uh and you know now you're back doing stand up, but yeah, to stay relevant in stand up because you couldn't you couldn't come back and just do the same. No, it couldn't absolutely. be the same, you know. No. And also, it wouldn't work as a a, a man in his twenties and a man in his sixties. No. You can't do the same sort of material anyway. So, to it is about reinvention, and I think that you know I sort of feel lucky that, and for me and Stu, I think that we weren't more successful. We could have got more success, and we could have fallen down that that rabbit hole and as a result we've been we've been forced (laughs) into stuff that's sort of more interesting i mean you both had your wilderness years haven't you really and i think that that's you know i think sometimes people with me think that it was you know i think there was years when i was i felt very much out of fashion you know and um kind of disregarded really which is which is a (coughs) which is it's it's a difficult experience but it's also um you know, if you cope with it in the right way, is uh, eventually if you can come out the other end, I think is um, yeah. You know, it, it it teaches you what's important. You know, for you as a performer, really, I think. But I think also, like, it's a, the 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 acting part of your career is really interesting because you've been in like Hollywood blockbusters. Uh, there's, I wanted to talk to you about Siesta, which all it says on your website is is this really really bad movie. I don't remember Siesta. Oh, I man. didn't see that. But do you? What was what was Siesta that you that all you said? This is a you say with Carry On Columbus. I I'll never understand what possessed me. To oh, do what this. the fuck I was thinking but, there. But Siesta, you just go. This is a really really bad movie. Well, I think that um yeah, I mean my, my acting career is some is some yeah, I feel kind of ambiguous about it because I, I have tremendous admiration for actors. I think it's a really difficult thing to do. The one thing actors can't do is do stand up really, or even successfully play stand ups. There's no, there's no time when a, an actor was ever successfully, you know. And there was a fashion a few years ago for, you know, to do the lives of, um, you know, Tony Hancock and people like that. And if if an actor was doing it, it always the the stand up part of it always, and actually the, even the, the other bit of it, always seemed completely false, really, because uh, I think a stand up has to play a stand-up really and the best i think the best film about stand-up one of the best films about stand-up <coughs> is actually adam sandler's funny people uh with okay, which yeah. is um got adam sandler as a kind of slightly older comic and then the younger generation seth rogan jonah hill people like that and they just it's about it's about the love the comedians have for each other but also the kind of you know competitive spirit as well uh, anyway so i think that my acting career that i never took it quite seriously enough i never tried hard enough i never if anybody's um thinking now uh about like like auditioning i'd never learn me lines for the audition i'd never yeah. i was vaguely con- i mean david brennick in the podcast ren wick you see i still get it wrong. um <laughs> You know, tells when I went to audition or meet them for Whoops Apocalypse, and I hadn't. I told them I hadn't read the script, uh, so I hadn't got to my bit. Um, I mean, that was typical of me, really. And I, I think in retrospect, I never really got to be. <coughs> if I never got to be in something where I re- which really played to my strengths, that I never got to be in a hit, really. Um, the thing. Well, I, I mean, Indiana Jones did all right. Yeah, but it was um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was okay. But I wasn't. But I like, was even to get to that level, way, and, and you know, then it may not be like a lot of big standout starring roles, but to get to that point where you're being cast in movies and li- and living that life, because it's interesting, isn't it, to mix. Yeah. I find that interesting of you being put in a mix with Harrison Ford and yeah, you know, I, it, sitting it, it, in a canteen it, with him, which I'm sure <laughs> that kind of thing. It is the first Indiana. thing. This is. The first thing Harrison Ford said to me when I met him in Spain was, he said, I'm a huge fan of yours. And I thought to myself, what fucking use is that to me? (laughs) What fuck? What? How is that going to help me? You know? Um, 
but I mean, she, uh, yeah, I took too many films, I think, because I fancied the holiday or, yeah, you know, and, and, and I didn't really, I wasn't strategic about my acting career. And so to get back to Siesta, Siesta is a... <coughs> Sorry to keep coming. A Siesta is an extraordinary film. It's got an amazing cast in it. It's got Ellen Barkin, Gabrielle Byrne, Grace Jones, Isabella Rossellini, Martin Sheen, um, uh, uh, um, Julian Temple, uh, and uh, Jodie Foster. Okay. And me. And uh, as each of them had their name taken off the poster. I kind of went up the ranking until it was <laughs> un film de Alexis Sale. It's about, it's about, it stars Ellen, it's where Ellen Barkin actually met and then subsequently married Gabriel Byrne as well. Um, it, it um, and it was directed by a woman who um, uh, had done the Madonna videos, like she did Material World and stuff like that, Mary Lambert. And then after that, the best film she could get was Pet Cemetery 2. It was an amazingly pretentious film about it was based on a novel. Um and it was about um a woman who wakes up on the edge of an airfield in Spain and she doesn't know how she got there. And she it turns out she's this kind of stunt woman who does these kind of evil can evil stunts and then she reconstructs the um uh the, her last few days while and it turns out that she'd been dead all along. But I'm a ta- a Madrid taxi driver who's also Kind of doubling as the angel of death, and um, I, 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 as I said in the podcast, I actually can remember my lines in Spanish, which, but I, I'd, I'd learned them from an Argentinian friend of mine. And I, what I didn't know was that kind of Ar- the Argentinian accent is a kind of ridiculous accent. Again, it's a lack of research, really. So I, I, Alan Barkin gets in my cab and I say, "Te puedo llevar al centro, pero se cobra más los domingos." It's uh, uh, I can take it to the centre if it costs more on Sunday. And it got, my line got massive, and then I turned, and then in English I say to her, you got money? You got money? And my, my, it was at a screening and it got a huge laugh and it, it is not a comedy. And it's just the most extraordinarily pretentious film that you could have. It's worth, there's bits of it, I think, on, on YouTube. It's worth seeing, really. Everybody thought that they were, were Fellini, really, and they were making this, um, masterpiece and it was just okay. nonsense <laughs> but it's worth you know it's a it was a it was a it was a um it was a it was an interesting interlude you know yeah but also it's just i think it's out of all the people who end up acting i know like a i suppose omid jalili's a little bit similar you know he's sort of plucked out of stand-up to be he's much better in lots of films acting. he's very he's Not, really really good but yeah. it's but it's it's a person you can't, and he's a very sort of gregarious person. I'm sure he's lovely to have on set, but it's like you can't me, yeah. imagine him mixing with the people he's mixing. If you know him socially, you go, that's not the person I expect to be plucked out and yeah, put in uh, yeah. Hollywood films. It's kind of, it's, you know, it's great though, just to, to, to see both of you in those films. Yeah. I think Ahmed has made a much better fist of, of, of acting, really, than, than, yeah. than I did, really. But he was, I mean, when people ask me who would play, uh, play me in in the movie. I always say homage, really. <laughs> but also, there's that, you know, he tells me. You know, I was friendly with Robin Williams, really, and wrote you know, kind of and wrote you know, various when he died, wrote various obituaries. Well, and but homage said uh, every time he met Robin, Robin would say, "Oh, it's really great to see you again, Alexi." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to see the challenge of Omid having to play you. I have to say, I, well, I'm sure he could do it, but. You're quite different personality types. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we have like there's there's been a lot of comedy deaths in the last yeah six or seven years. We've since I last talked to you, we lost a lot of really big names, and this year we've lost a, a few more. Um, it's uh, it's it's a sort of it's it's odd. Like some you know, Nicholas Parsons is ninety five, and Rick Mayle obviously in his fifties uh, still. It's a does is. Mortality, something that uh, occupies your thoughts every single you... second, of every <laughs> every minute. It's for me. Yeah, yeah, it's not something I'm. I've worked out a kind of relaxed attitude to really oblivion. Now it's um, yeah, it's well, you know, again, it's aging, and um, you know, that's another that's another challenge. Really, is aging, and uh, again, I mean, the martial arts is very good for. Making you supple, yeah. keeping you 
you know, I mean, a lot well, of the masters and uh, a lot of the masters in Tai Chi are in their eighties and nineties. Right. You know, and they, you know, they pull trucks around with their penises and stuff like that. It's, uh, <laughs> Something I'm hoping to do in the next door. I'm hoping you're, you know, you're going to keep going. You've lost your sense of smell, you've lost your mm. sense of sight. Okay, your kind of senses come and go, but hopefully they'll keep coming back again. But uh, you know, I think there's there's not many comedians, I guess, who push through, or certainly interesting comedians. Comedians either die like ridiculously young, or or get into like their their mindset and a set. I think it'd be great to see you in your. 80s still yeah still doing yeah. stuff do you think you will want to do that or maybe do you... yeah if i'm still going yeah. then yes i mean i think yeah. that um you know i am i have i am thrilled to have found a way to to return to stand up in a way that i am very proud of you know and also to have kind of located both to have satisfied both an older audience but also to have you know that there's a lot of young people who, who also uh, you know, are interested in what I do and stuff. And it, it is, I feel a tremendous sense of satisfaction for having done that, really. That the, the, the sta- you know, and also I should mention the Imaginary Sandwich Bar as well. That is yeah, being a, that, yeah. a massive, you know, is, is, a, is a very successful show on Radio 4. And it's, it's something that I'm intensely proud of. You know, I think it's, I mean, I, God bless Sean and William for asking me to, to do it, really. Um, but it it, it, uh, it you know it it came together right away that show and it fucking it, I fucking I think it's brilliant. I mean, I, yeah, I do think it's really good and I love. It's not, you know, it's also it's 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 an evolution for me. It's not shouty like I used to be, you know. But it's it's um, I think it retains the best of what I had when I was younger, but I had something more complex and self-doubting and, and more humane now i think you know yeah and i think it's interesting because there's now so many outlets for comedy and obviously uh even more so when you were on tv and when i was on tv you know there yeah. was three or four channels and if you were lucky or you know maybe a couple of radio show stations you might get on but basically you were you know if you didn't get that bit lucky break then that was it but now you see you know you're seem to be exploring like stage radio which is you know as long as you've got an outlet to to do it it doesn't really matter how big it is because everything's so spread out now that, that there's nothing's huge and you know it's very no, difficult well, to get that's a huge one of the, you know hit. i mean i did you know i mean i think one of the things that um you know when i came back to comedy you know it was like i had to accept was that i'm not you know when it the first time around it was like you could be more or less the king right? there was only like five of us out there really and um, you could, you know, you could be that competitive that you could be, you could see yourself as being the best, really. I mean, now, you know, when I came back in like 2011, 2012, you know, I just kind of accepted that I'm just some other bloke out there, really. You know, I can't hope to be the king of it anymore. But, uh, you know, that's kind of fine, really. Yeah, but then I think so. It's in, to me, it's interesting. The bike ride thing, I think, is really interesting. The podcast, yeah, really interesting. the sandwich yeah. bar is great. They're all different areas. Yeah, and uh, but you know, but it's just you expressing yourself in different ways. And so that I think that's what's amazing about the internet. Um, you know, I think I honestly think that that bike show could be a TV show and might be a TV show, but it would never actually. If you took that into a TV company fifteen years ago, then I told you to say yeah. yeah and that but actually you do it and it's good and it wouldn't matter if you just did it yourself. Yeah, I guess. I mean I don't but I suppose that's the other thing that I'm bit of the kind of things in a way that kind of dies in you is that is that ambition really. I mean it's not you know, I don't care if it's a TV show or not really. No. I mean it'd be nice. Be great. You well know. I hope not I hope my stone clearing's never made into a TV show. But you know that's <laughs> but it's also so that- some some Sometimes things are just what they are, you know. Things that, that it, to take it anywhere else would might would certainly ch- change stone clearing, but it might work, but it might not. But it, but it's there for its own sake, and people will find it, and people will enjoy it. And is it already, one you know, Stonyfield or is yeah, it one. I do, I'm just trying to clear one to start with, and then I'll move on to the rest. Once there's only about a billion stones on it, it's 35 acres. So I've, I've managed to. I've been doing it for two and a half years, and you wouldn't know. So uh, okay. it, it might take me the rest of my life. You have to dig them up. They're a, not sort of lying around there. They're, they're lying on top, but it's, there's just an awful lot of them. I'm trying to build a wall that will be visible from space around the edge of the field. But it's a big field, Alexi, and, you know, I, it's, I'm only one man. 
You've heard of it. But the... maybe the future generations of herrings will finish the... Yeah, will finish you, the are, you are literally Sisyphus. <laughs> you? you don't take it down at night again, like, put all the stones no. back. Someone might be, who knows, probably I might be doing Stu, that. Stu is probably put, coming around at night and putting them back. I don't mind, I like doing it anyway, so it's okay. He's only helping me if he does that. Um yeah, it's it's all really interesting. I hope people will check out um, your podcast, which is which is you're going to get. There's a lot of interesting stuff in there, and it and it's beautifully produced as well. Your producer is great, and Hello, it's lovely Cartier, to sort Cartier. this out. Um, and uh, do check that out. And will so will you be going back on the road with a different show, or will you try and complete your tour? <laughs> Uh, in 2021, still, if, if possible. I'll go out and talk about how angry <laughs> I am about the result of the 2019 election. Wouldn't that be yeah, great? So... Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> we might not ah, remember I'm by so then. I'm so angry. Ah, the bloody 2019 election. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be shouting about Rory Stewart. People are like, who? <laughs> who gives a fuck? I mean, uh, now I think that... um. I mean, who knows now? It's it's all up in the air, really. I mean, I, yeah, I think that um, and we're doing another. I mean, I'm doing another series, The Absence of Normal, my radio for kind of cult air drama, short story series that goes out in March, uh, and there's another series of Imaginary Sandwich Bar, which will be in the uh, in November probably, and that's uh, being commissioned. And you know, I mean, obviously. You know, the, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have reached some kind of stability by then. Um, yeah. And so, but yeah, I think that also, um, it depends. I mean, again, you know, it, it, it depends on, I suppose, where, what your position is, what your position is after um, after this is over, really, whether the, yeah. the pack's been shuffled and whether, you know, whether people are still interested in in. in in what you've got to say, I think it'll be an interesting, it'll be an interesting time, kind of post. Uh, you know, I mean, people are playing. I noticed that idea of people, are, you know, that idea that it'll be the Roaring Twenties. That will be a time of kind of back an alien orgy once we come out of this, and then followed by fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, we're dancing, <laughs> uh, dancing the Charleston on top of taxi cabs in uh, in Times Square, but then it'll be followed by this kind of catastrophic. Uh, economic uh, crash, a, re- a depression, yes. really. Do you have any predictions for January 1st? Behind me, on the, I should say, is uh, is what I think uh, will the, the UK will the be chaos. like. People, people are going to be listening to this from something like the 6th of January, I think it goes out. So on the 6th of January, how do you think the UK will think be? It's... And what do, you, what do you think we'll have, we'll have achieved? Do you th- it's insane that we're talking two weeks away and we don't know... Whether there's going to be a deal or not, do you think there'll be a deal? I think it's all going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Boris Johnson, yeah. at least Keir Starmer's not, not in charge. As not, long as Boris, no, got... Boris, he's 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 not what you think. He's 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 working it out. It's like a well, again, Jenny should have fucking listened to Jeremy. Jeremy, you would have had a soft Brexit. <laughs> you would have had a customs union if fucking Starmer and all those other bastards hadn't. Stabbed him in the back. He would have had a soft Brexit, and everything would have been fixed by now. And your your fucking camembert would have been safe. You middle class <laughs> wankers. Like Starmer, it was Starmer with his second referendum who locked everything up. Well, we could lay the blame a lot at a lot of doors, and ultimately at our own. I think. Possibly. Well, yeah, well, we're all we're all responsible. <laughs> we're all guilty. We're, we're all. We're all steeped in sin. Now it'll all be fine. That's my prediction. It'll be fine. It'll be great. It'll be, it'll be like a little, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea what's going to happen. This, to be honest, well, there's not many lettuce apparently. Lettuce and broccoli. Yeah, I'm well, very well, upset about Linda the just went to Waitrose and uh, it's stripped bare. <laughs> it's literally. Uh, it is literally. There was nothing. There was no fresh fruit. There was no meat. Right. There was no pasta, of course. And, yeah. Gone, I mean, so. it's Christmas. It might be Christmas. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it was panic buying. I'm looking forward to. I, one of my thrill, one of my hobbies is eating. You know, eating stuff that's incredibly out of date. Because if I find like a chutney at the back of the cupboard, that's like, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, if I don't think I've eaten anything recently, kind of in mostly this scent, you know, twenty. Yeah, you know, from two thousand, you know, twenties. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, so I'm looking it forward to eating yeah. all them them chutneys. I've been for you know, like that you got you know somebody gave you as a present ginger and date chutney, Malcolm's yeah. ginger and date chutney, and it's uh, you know best before 
June 1998. I'm really looking forward to being forced to eat that. Well. Yeah, eh? yeah. There's a lot of things in our freezer that my wife keeps on, you know, putting out leftovers in the freezer, and we never unfreeze them and eat them it's again. Gonna be, it's going to so be. So they're yeah. going to come out, on there, But some of them are probably three or four years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're going to be. It's... Anyway, it's good to have a hobby, Lexi. It's good. That's. <laughs> yeah. I like doing Chinese martial arts and eating out. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I, I, well, I, well, we can we can do a whole. Maybe I'll do a podcast about best before. You know my. I, I'm interested. It's day. used by and best before. They're very different. They're well, very I different love things. a best. Be- well, Linda brought me a sandwich before BLT, three pound reduced to eighty nine p. That's what I've had to eat for my tea so far. Okay. That's so good. that's the other thing. I love to buy. I like to buy like a load of reduced to clear sandwiches and then lay them out on a platter as if I'm having a meeting. It's good. Well, I've got a very lovely image to end the podcast on of your of what is to come for the the comedian in his, in his as he approaches seventy. I'm approaching sixty. Yeah. We'll see how it's going. Good. Uh, it's fantastic to talk to you again, Thank Alexa. You, I hope I will talk yeah. to you again uh, before uh, before the next six or seven years. But yeah. good luck with the podcast. Do all tune into the podcast. My next week guest is Catherine Boha on the thirtieth of recording on the thirtieth. Uh, I'll be out in a week's time if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Lexi Sale, what an absolute hero, legend in, in every sense. Thanks very much, Lexi. Goodbye. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Rich Tang, and my guest, Alexi Sale. Thank you to Pest who provide the music for this audio podcast. I would also like to thank our researcher, Kathleen McKeegan, who does the fantastic Rahalastapa, rahalastapa.com website, um, where you can find out more than you need to know about this podcast, but it's very useful for me to research guests we've already seen. Thank you. I'm indebted, of course, to my producer and friend and director, Chris Evans, not that one. Also, thanks to everyone at ACAST and the British Comedy Guide and Ian Tunes for keeping us going. Thanks to everyone who's a badger and everyone who's subscribed on Twitch using your Amazon Prime account to give us free money. It's an amazing thing. Please do it if you can. Um, this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. GoFasterStripe.com slash badges if you want to get loads of backstage extras, loads of extra interviews, uh, loads of extra cool videos, stand-up shows, membership card, secret code, badges, ad-free podcasts. The lot, my fine friends. Why not give it a fine, fine go? Now, fuck off and leave me alone because I've got stuff to do. I'm not just doing this for your entertainment, you know? Bye.